Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrino back here to talk about the penultimate leg of the Amazing Race 35, episode 11. We're down to just three teams as the Amazing Race finale is only days away here to talk about everything. Our Amazing Race team, of course, uh, that I'm sure uh, the people who are the lords of the dance maybe uh first our chief amazing race correspondent jess galise jess how are you doing great rob i'm so excited to talk about this episode i think i'm gonna hurl (laughs) yes i had to watch wayne's world 2 on the plane uh by the way what do you mean had to was there a gun to your head (laughs) no but you know i do a podcast with josh wiggler about movies that are 30 years old so Uh, yes uh yeah i'm ready to if if you're gonna hurl or spew we're ready uh got your dixie cup ready i was gonna say spew (laughs) into this wayne and garth would be uh well first off they're all men so we knew we'd make the final three of this season but they'd also be a very fun team to run around the world right if only we were in scotland and not ireland we could talk more about mike myers uh but here's our resident wacky mike uh mike bloom yes uh luckily no connotation to michael myers either uh but man let's talk about some people that killed it in this season and i am donning the black hat first off because Stephen annalee put their Stetsons on during our ed- interviews with them. And I felt bad because I have one, but I was obviously, you know, in New Orleans at the time. So not only that, but the color obviously symbolizes the fact that we have lost the father-daughter duo. They did not make it to the finale. Yes. Uh, very sad that Stephen and Annalie went out. But Jess, weren't they so fun on the exit interview? They were great. I would I would venture to say I think they were my favorite exit interview all season. I agree. Yeah, I think it's always fun when, I mean... Steve was shot out of a cannon. I know that we've talked the entire season about like Anna Lee and Steve, but like Steve had stuff to say. And obviously, you know, as our own uh, journalistic personalities, we always love when they come and they're like, well, actually, what you didn't see is this. And so I imagine the intel they gave us is going to be peppered in throughout this discussion today. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are here on Friday. Thank you for your patience, everybody, uh, waiting for our Amazing Race recap as uh, Mike and I were in New Orleans, Louisiana, site of the final leg of the Amazing Race 32. So we did some research. Yeah, we uh, we actually, people don't know this, Rob and I did the full Will and James tour. Uh, We (laughs) ate king cake. We rolled a giant globe down the street and then Rob proposed to me at the Superdome. So it was just an incredible day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So th- thank you for your patience uh, with everything. And then uh, I did do the exit interview with Jess on Thursday. And so that was uh, very fun to get to talk to Steve and Annalie. And I can't believe we're down to just uh, three teams. And the finale is coming up Wednesday. Jess, do you feel like with your amazing race insight of watching how they put all these seasons together. Do you feel like you've pinpointed who the winner is right now? I can see a path to winning for any of these teams at this yeah, point. I feel like it's kind of wide open. Yeah. yeah I don't know. If you, like if you ask way. John, he doesn't believe that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He felt like it's cute for some of these other teams to win a couple legs. Yeah. I love that shadiness. Come on. Like that's what reality TV is born upon. I think we'll talk about this a bit with like memorializing Steven and Ali. Like this is what we want as reality TV fans, non-toxic conflict. That's the Mm -hmm. perfect middle ground of reality TV. Don't be boring, but don't be problematic. And so I feel like even John's comment is like indicative of that, of them being like, listen, we love making the final three happy go lucky, but also like, Come on. We won Mm -hmm. four times as many legs as them. Yeah, we don't want to see the uh, amazing best friends race. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here we go. Our our final leg here is in Ireland. And uh, we'd love to get, you know, as many seasons as uh, we have done this uh, podcast together. I feel like I never like uh, quite can like watch the episode and know what, was this a good leg of The Amazing Race or not a good leg of The Amazing Race? I mean, I thought it was great. I thought we had a lot of really solid tasks. I thought this is, <clears throat> here's the wildest thing. Amazing Race has only ever been to Ireland one other time. Yeah, they. it's very much out of the rest of the UK. It's definitely the redheaded stepchild, quite literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Ireland's not in the UK, Michael. Ah, dang it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pedantic about it, but um, yeah, they've been to Northern Ireland, which doesn't count as Ireland. Um, but they've only been to Ireland proper one other time, and that was because I was thinking I was watching that river dance roadblock, and I'm thinking this is one of the more iconic things about Ireland, and it's such a good task, and it's so fun to watch. How have we never done this before? And mm-hmm. the answer is we just don't go to Ireland that much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would go so far as to say not to put the cart before the horse too much. Uh, that is the hardest dance task I've ever seen on The Amazing Race. When they got up to tempo, I, like my butt dropped out. Like it was it, <laughs> it's insane. And granted, we'll talk about the learning curve and like this, that incredible judge being like, Steve, you're ready for Broadway. Uh, but at the same time, like. I, I don't know how they did it. I think for me, probably a little less high than Jess. I definitely think the peak of the season was kind of hit a couple of weeks ago. I will say this was definitely an episode where I think the tasks maybe outshone the teams, which is understandable. Jess, I know you say that the premiere and the finale are oftentimes the worst two episodes of a season. I would say maybe the penultimate leg can sometimes be the second worst or third worst from that perspective. Just because, I mean, we saw this last season too, when there's so few teams, sometimes you get a lot of variance. And we got that a little bit in the first half of the leg. But unfortunately, yet again, we got Steven and Annalie in a pretty good spot halfway through the leg. They get lost between roadblocks. And at least from the edit, that's it for them. And so it was a little anticlimactic. But I think to Jess's point, the newness of being in Ireland and even some like fun, almost amazing race Canada as tasks to them in the end, made this a, a fun time, at least. And I'm always having fun hanging out with these people. Yeah, I thought the tasks were pretty fun all along the way. Mike, could you do the river dance? I honestly, if you give me enough tries and as uh, encouraging of an instructor, perhaps as Leanne, uh, which we'll mm-hmm. certainly get into, I think I could. I did legitimately think about that just because a lot of this episode was watching the same river dance routine like two dozen times. I think I could get it down. I know enough like remedial tap through my history and musical theater to have like some sort of fleet footedness. Uh, so I, I wouldn't get it on the first try, obviously. But I do think I'd be skewing more towards the Corey and John side over the Steve and Joel side. Okay. I think I'd still be there. <laughs> Never have gotten through. <laughs> you mean because you'd be a member of Riverdance? He'd be no. like, Rob, Phil you're would so- have like come to meet me and my partner at the uh, task and say, "Okay, all right, shut it down. You will not be moving on." I'm sorry. Well, you could tell this was a hard task because of the the way that they were letting the judge give them feedback and tell mm-hmm. them what they needed to do differently. Because I think that's kind of that's kind of how you tell if, if a task is harder than it looks is if they tell you what you have to work on and what you have to do versus just telling you you're, you pass or you don't pass. I will also say, again, maybe this is recency bias. That has to be one of my favorite task judges in recent memory. I mean, I love very good. I mean, I love it. Well, well, he's the artistic director of Riverdance. Allegedly. I don't know if they just Mm -hmm. like he's a plant, Uh, but I love the Nigel Lithgow of of Riverdance. He's like giving like constructive criticism. And then, of course, he does pulls a Phil Kogan and does the nonsensical like, (laughs) well, Corey, I have bad news. You passed. Here's your clue. (laughs) Unfortunately, you have completed the test. For Corey, it was unfortunate. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Because he doesn't get to hang out with his new girlfriend anymore. Oh, my God. Uh, Were you feeling the chemistry between Corey and his Riverdance instructor? More like Riz, more like Rizzer dance. Am I right? <laughs> what is it with these Corys finding love on CBS reality TV? I mean, uh, between Austin and D and these two on Wednesday night, this was a huge night. Now, do you think if they had gone together that anime, the instructor would be like, you're going to have to grow a mustache if you're going to stay with me? <laughs> um i just i don't know like i want to get the update on these two like i felt like this was like palpable yeah i i I can't wait to ask them about it Uh, Mm -hmm. i have not i have not shipped a i have not shipped a local (laughs) participant and a contestant this hard since Haley and hagen the hot pilot (laughs) (laughs) are you taking Haley from like the blind date season yeah Wow. Yeah, they were in Botswana and she was 
vibing with the with the pilot that had to take them over some challenge. But, you know, it didn't work out for them, obviously, but she is now engaged and expecting a baby. Um, wow. So congratulations yeah. to her. She seems like she's living her best life. And so anime, that's, that's her name, Mike. Anime. 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 Um, and so she's already met Corey's dad. That's like a big hurdle to meet the parents. So this, I don't know. Eh? Something there, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. it's. I think, uh, listen, Rob and Corey have an excuse to go back to Ireland. You know, it was the country that got them their first first place victory mm-hmm. of the season. So I think it holds a good place in their heart. But that was interesting as well. It did seem like this was also maybe something where it was a little determinant on the instructor that you got, because obviously these instructors were not hanging them out to dry completely. They were like shouting out the steps as they were doing them. And it felt like each person had a different way of kind of like denoting the steps. You know, some would use sort of like one, two, three, et cetera, et cetera. Some would be like, okay, and heel clicks uh, when they do like the circles around. And so maybe it was their method of communicating, or maybe it came down to like, the actual order that you arrived, you know, there were five instructors. Corey might have lucked out by picking arguably the best one first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a little more draft. intel on this connection, by the way. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So anime was Blind apparently, item? yeah, I mean, anime was apparently a runner up for Miss Ireland. Um, okay. It has a robust Instagram presence and she and Corey are following each other. So. Uh-huh. They might have slid into the DMs. Yes, this is like the best investigative journalism, I think, in the history of this podcast. You give me two days. I got to fill the time somehow. I mean, I have a real job and everything, but, you know, this is the important work. I'm here for Anamori. And then do they comment on each other's posts? I do not know that. I just know that they're mutual follows. They probably aren't allowed to until now because of embargoes and whatnot. Oh, you think they're, do you think they're going to like soft launch after the finale? Maybe, well, maybe they're coming back. Like when we do hard launch at that point, then do you think Corey's going to take anime to Fiji instead of Rob? (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know if it's right. It's Rob's dream. Mike. (laughs) Corey was the one who did the Roblox. (laughs) (laughs) Corey could be like, this was on me. <laughs> okay, so, boy, uh, very exciting. So, okay, hopefully uh, we'll get some updates on that uh, when we talk to the final three teams. All right, but uh, let's get into the tasks from this episode. We start off with a cult plunge. And as I was re-watching this episode, it's so funny because Steve, from the, before they even go to Ireland, he's like, I hope it's warm there because uh, I don't want to get it. I don't want to go to get it. We're from Texas. We don't like anything cold. Yeah, I did love that they were like slowly moving west and they went from like the dry heat of India. And Steve's like, I just want to be back there now. Where's the (laughs) U-turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cold plunge. Uh, This was fun. Yeah, it's good. I I appreciated that. It's in like the backyard of a school. And so there's like all these school kids sitting around watching the amazing race go on around them. Yeah. Like, oh, teacher, teacher, I saw this older man nearly drown because he brought water shoes in on a swim. Yeah. Um, Steve didn't want anybody to get it twisted. He was not drowning uh, when it looked like that there. He had the shoes on is just uh, he was uncomfortable, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess to quote another Stephen, like, this is why you don't wear shoes in the water when you try to swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was said he was trying to use them as paddles. What? <laughs> right? He wanted to use them as, like, as flippers, I think. For his hands. What? It was, and of course, they're bright lime green, so there's, like, no hiding that this is what he's doing. You Like, is he trying to devolve himself into some sort of, like, plesiosaur? <laughs> yeah, Loch Ness is on the other British Isle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the teams have to change, uh, switch into uh, their cold water uh, bathing suits, and then uh, go out there and... Um, you know, everybody, nobody really struggled uh, too much other than, uh, you know, for Steve. And then it was uh, off to go to river dance after they were, I got out of the river. Have, have either of you ever done a polar plunge? No. no. 
Have you done it, Jess? <laughs> I don't know. I've not done a polar plunge, but I did grow up swimming in glacier-fed lakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my and God. the water is about 50 degrees. And when you hit that water, it really does, like, your whole body just kind of stops working for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. I'll pass. You're not even, you're not even an, an ice bath after your basketball games, Rob, like Corey. <laughs> Sometimes after a tough podcast, I'll uh, make myself an ice bath. No, I am the worst. Um, again, I, I don't know if I'm going to surprise too many people, but even like to go to like the pool, like I am not a jump in the pool person. I am mm. like slowly like submerge like one millimeter at a time over the course of an hour. I'm like, nobody splash. Do not splash me. Do not splash. Do not splash. So you would, no. you, would even, you I don't think you'd even make it to Riverdance then to go back I'm to your the fun dad. Mike. You would still be at the polar plunge if you ran this leg of like, I'm what it's, it's almost warming up at this point. I think it's up to 52 degrees. Mm-hmm. I would not like this. No, no. Me and Steve, uh, we're going to go in the, <laughs> the tepid pool. Okay. Uh, River dance. And, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but this was, uh, was very, very fun. Just the song was a bop also. Yeah. Well, I can never tell when they do like one of these dancing tasks. Are we really hearing the music that they're playing or is this piped in? Mm-hmm. Uh, a bagpiped in maybe again, wrong country. Uh, do you think, cause we got shots of like a band playing something. Cause then we also have the seven nation army of it all, right. Of like, if there was a band there, were they playing the same song over and over and over again for hours? I mean, I guess they would be because it would be the music that goes with the piece, but sometimes they don't want to pay for the rights to whatever music it is. So they put something else in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably some U2 song, I imagine. And it yeah. did sound like they kind of, there was like some Foley arting, arting going on. That's a, that's a word now. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, like Amazing Race 33 was Penn yeah. and Kim yes. were back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, and it seemed like, it felt like it was the same recording played over and over whenever they showed the band. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we had uh, some other teams that had interesting uh, experiences, more so, uh, or, or maybe not more than Corey, but uh, like Corey. So uh, we had, was it, this was Joel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, can we actually stop down for a second? Because I want to talk about the we are done with Roblox after this week, right? Yeah. Like we, we got the six and six done. Let's talk strategy here because we see two teams in Robin Corey and Steven Anna Lee wind up in the same position purposely and accidentally. Like Robin Corey pulled a Derek and Claire. This is exactly what Derek and Claire did last season. They purposely front loaded Claire on a bunch of roadblocks, assuming, okay, the back half will be more physical stuff and Derek can do that. Arguably, that's what won them the race. Rob and Corey clearly tried the same thing. And while it worked out well for them, uh, you know, it, it could have been a bit of a gamble. I imagine that maybe the show took that to stride. It was like, uh-uh, we're not letting people break that. And then coincidentally, because Anna Lee was, again, like such a beast in the roadblocks, it let Steve to do these two. And we got to see sort of the other side of those results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did feel like that. And, and I thought that Steve did uh, a pretty decent job with this, uh, but it did feel like that this might have been one where Annalie could have just like uh, aced it. Well, I think that's that's kind of what they said as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were literally she sat down there and all the other teams were like, oh, I'm glad you didn't do this one. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a comment, actually. We have um <clears throat> We have John go in and, and do the roadblock and he says, well, I think I can pull ahead if Joel and Steve are doing the roadblock. And it's like, OK, I get what you mean about Steve, but would Garrett really be that much better at this? Yeah, because we, well, we remember, though, during the, the pothead dance, like Garrett fell to the back of the pack like he wasn't very good at it. So, yeah, I agree. Now, granted, I think Corey went to show like how he could handle it. He just doesn't like pottery on his head. But yeah, I. I don't know if Garrett necessarily comes across as like more of a tender toes than Joel, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Tender toes. Is that a thing? Well, Joel's toes were tender by the end of it. Cause yes. he did the dance like a dozen times. <laughs> yeah. And he also like, he sweated all the way through that shirt. He needed that bottle of water again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joel and Garrett had a bunch of like funny moments uh, throughout the episode. Uh, they had the one moment where uh, they like parked next to a pole and uh, needed to like <laughs> squeeze out of the car, which I thought was uh, was super funny. 
And also, like, uh, there was a point where they were, like, doing the poems. And then when Joel was was saying his poem, like, Garrett like, had his fingers in his ear. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he it threw him off. But then I think it's also, like, a great visualization of, like, probably how the patrons of the bar responded to these Americans coming on and butchering James Joyce in front of them. Just like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no more. Mm-hmm. Yes, we only like to hear our uh, <laughs> we, we only like to hear the poems to said exactly right. Our James Joyce quotes, please don't ruin them. Look, uh, that we've been, all committed to memory. Could have been way worse. This, this could have been quotes from Finnegan's Wake, and they would all still be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we had then, as uh, we mentioned, John went through this. Uh, just this is not a five hole. Not a five hole. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though like I, I feel like Greg and John are always relating everything they do back to something they do at home, uh, which the show likes to make you do this, but they're the ones that are the best at it. Mm-hmm. John also has like big Floyd energy a bit. And now we knew that Floyd mm. killed those dance tasks in his first season because he was a drum major. And so he had like a sense of rhythm. And that's the exact same thing with John. I love that he vocalized that like music is a language basically. And so He's fluent in it. So even if he's not a trained river dance instructor, like he understand he understands the concept of rhythm. And so he's able to like time out the steps to each other and like at least have a sense as to how the music's flowing. Yeah. So he doesn't have uh, that much trouble, needs to do it uh, a couple of times. And it really comes down to uh, Joel versus Steve here on uh, the river dance as uh, Robin Corey moved to go to Croke Park for some hurling. Just how big of a deal is hurling? It's a big deal in Ireland. Like as yeah. soon as as soon as Phil said the national sport of Ireland, I'm like, oh, that's hurling. Mm-hmm. Exciting. But Do they play it anywhere else? Is it like uh, because it seemed like that was a, a pretty big stadium? Not really. I think. Well, I think they use the stadium for multiple sports, but um, mm-hmm. hurling's really only big in Ireland, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Okay. Did this end up translating to a fun task? This looked like every sports task ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Run like, down do the field, drill. do this thing, and then score a quote unquote goal at the end of it. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit hard to follow. I think they tried to do like the thing where uh, like the hockey thing where they like uh, like uh, light up the puck so you could follow it. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I like the idea of using the hurley. I liked all the names of everything. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that this was probably the least interesting to watch of the tasks from this episode. There's Man. something they could have done with it that would be more interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. I I feel like just doing the drill and scoring a goal is kind of hashtag basic, but they yeah. could have had some fun with it. Yeah, we had this. Um, was it uh, two seasons ago with the uh, with De- with Derek and with was Derek and Claire with two seasons ago? Or one last season last ago? season. Yeah, okay, last I remember. Season. Yeah. It, it, yeah, they, yeah, where they did the yeah. rugby thing where they went through the whole drill and then they had and to then kick. you had to kick mm-hmm. a try. Right. Yeah, this is basically the same idea. Yeah. Yeah, just a little more calm because like the drill just seem like what, like walk from one cone to the other, like catch a pass and then just r- casually walk your way to the goal and then try to get it through the, the, the up ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was uh, the other team. I feel like that nothing too eventful ended up happening here with the hurling, right? So yeah, I, have, I have no notes on the hurling. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the thing to talk about with the hurling was the thing we didn't see with the hurling was that, According to Stephen Anna Lee, there was an entire like heights repelling task at the stadium before the roadblock even happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Stephen Anna Lee told me that as much as we thought we saw like, oh, Joel and Garrett are running out and Stephen Anna Lee are running in. Uh, they disputed that Steve basically watched Joel and Garrett do the roadblock like they were caught up to them. And I think the equalizer a bit was that apparently there was this task where they went up to Anna Lee called it the Megatron. I think she meant the Jumbotron, mm-hmm. uh, unless there is like a part of this called the Megatron for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but like they they all this wasn't a roadblock. They all there were no transformers. I don't believe they're in Ireland. I think that's like the mm-hmm. one thing. I don't think they can travel across water. So I think luckily the Irish are safe. Uh, Isn't there one that can transform into a boat? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah. basically, like, I guess they had they repelled down the giant screen at one point. You know, they figured it was like 
sort of innocuous and nothing burger enough that they didn't feel like it needed to be in there. But that does Do you think Transformers are on Paramount Mountain, Mike. They are. Uh, I believe the new movie is on there. So uh, and we talked about this right during Big Brother when they had a random ass Transformer during one of the challenges. Mm-hmm. So and Josh Kumel. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it, it was odd to cut something out, considering that, again, they sort of stuffed these final legs with these tats. And it's not like we were like cutting any choice material by not putting another it was overstuffed yeah i mean i don't know i I think it was it could have fit in here as just like oh fun heights task but also if it didn't change anything i could understand if you're trying to cut out stuff that would probably be the first thing to hit the cutting room floor it it sounds like the order didn't didn't mix at all it wasn't like you know an entire ass speed bump that that decided who was going to get eliminated or a fast or face-off task that uh completely switched up the order right before the pit stop so yeah Mm -hmm. i'm I'm okay not seeing this yeah definitely not on that level but at least they tried to throw something else into like i guess you know make the most of their time in the stadium because i agree it seemed rather short-lived i think Corey was probably honestly took the longest at it despite him having like the loose five hole with the baseball stuff and he took like four tries at the most Mm -hmm. okay so the next task that that was going to be to Go to Toner's Pub, where the literary scholars hang out. And this is where you're going to learn some James Joyce quotes. Yep. Well, you know, it's appropriate to have a James Joyce challenge on The Amazing Race, because here on Rob's podcast, every day is Bloomsday. Yes, it is. Uh, Full Bloomsday. Hopefully not, though. Uh, Yeah, I mean, again, I mentioned it before, but this was very Amazing Race Canada coded to me. Mm -hmm. They love doing especially poetry memorization tasks. Yeah. And the fact that this was just like so dense and full of things that don't make a lot of sense, like James Joyce's want to do. Um, I thought it was fun to watch them have to struggle with these really intricate phrases. Yeah. I'll admit I have never read Ulysses, but after looking at these quotes, I'm like, okay, now I sort of understand why it's the longest book in the world. Like James Joyce is kind of putting a lot of filler in there he's trying to get up to a word count using triple quadruple negatives Mike, you're not comparing james joyce to a 90 minute amazing race episode are you <laughs> listen we need a lot of not not knots and just list out all the ladies <laughs> and ghosts <laughs> i the thing i thought was interesting about this task is um rob doing really well at it because he was signing the quote and translating it kind of made it easier for him to memorize and i was kind of surprised that Corey didn't take the same tactic because Corey is also presumably fluent in asl and signing it would have probably given him a little bit of an advantage because you have this like physical score going with what you're saying i completely agree i think where they're able to benefit is the fact that they had this visual component to it uh which like we talk about all the time in these memory challenges, even going back to Survivor of like, if you can associate a color with it or like associate a letter with each thing, like you want some sort of mnemonic. And I think being able to actually create a sign for it is like a really great way to kind of be able to get it through in one go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the team that uh, seemingly was able to get through this pretty quick. Um the one team that we saw probably struggle the most was Joel and Garrett, right? Yeah, we see them need a couple of tries for it. One mm-hmm. thing I thought was interesting that all the teams did was they yes. they read the quote and then they get to the end of the quote and they're like, James Joyce Ulysses. And as if they are worried that they're going to get dinged because they didn't read absolutely everything on the sign well Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's them again like knowing the show we talked about this with the backpack of wooden instruments from a couple of episodes ago that like sometimes they pay too much attention Mm -hmm. to it of okay i don't want to go in there read through this whole ass run-on sentence and they say like well you didn't say james joyce ulysses so sorry it had to be everything on the board i would imagine of the eight people who did it i'm gonna say at least like six of them probably thought the full name was James Joyce Ulysses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greg and John, uh, they didn't love this either, uh, but they're able to get through it as well. Steve and Annalie, uh, we didn't see too much. They were in sort of like the yada yada phase uh, by the time they went through it. So if they did struggle, we didn't really get to see it. 
I will say this brought in one of my favorite tropes from Amazing Race, which is when you do these tasks, whether it be memorization or performance, and when they get it wrong, the extras are prompted to boo them. Uh, that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> of course, the infamous singing task in season 23 where like they were singing with a children's choir. They had to laugh <laughs> at them. <laughs> yeah, the locals heckling yeah. you for getting something wrong and like presumably fundamentally insulting their culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, because they have all committed these James Joyce quotes to memory and they oh, know. Everyone obviously. in Ireland has all of Ulysses memorized. <laughs> they have it tattooed across their body, actually yeah okay so then ultimately uh then we're gonna head to the mat for uh to see uh we're gonna get down to our final three teams you know something that and i don't know if this is something that has been talked about i i feel like that the greeter at the mat says like at the end of the leg of the amazing race tells the teams like welcome to ireland why are they welcoming they've been in ireland they did a bunch of tasks it's their they've first day in while. ireland I guess so. But it's like it's like they're leaving Ireland. Why are you saying welcome? They should say, you know, thank you for coming to Ireland. Well, this is their first opportunity to enjoy Ireland because <laughs> yeah. they've been doing tasks. That's true. Now it's like now welcome to Ireland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. OK. I, do like, feel, like, I feel like yeah, I feel like there's a window of like 24 hours where someone can say, like, welcome to blank. Otherwise, you're like, <laughs> yeah, I've been here at this point. <laughs> Yeah, but from our experience, they should say welcome to Ireland when they get off the plane. So you, think should be the, you think the greeter should be at the airport saying welcome to Ireland? You'll see me at the end of today. Yeah, the greeter should be like at the first clue box, like, hey, welcome to Ireland. Here's your clue. And they're like, OK, well, I hope you enjoyed your time in Ireland. Well, yeah, the, the customs person always welcomes you to whatever country you're mm -hmm. in. And then you can't have Phil like trying to push this banter like we got with Maria, the like <laughs> nun a few episodes ago with Joel and Garrett where she rubbed his face, beard on her face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. For Rob and Corey, uh, that they also get a trip to Fiji, Mike, a uh, yeah. place that you have been. So like they're taking the same trip and probably the same flight I took like eight months ago. There's mm -hmm. only one flight out of Fiji. You too. It was a dream of yours to always go to Fiji. Yes. And I made it though. I, I was waiting for like the activities that they were stating. <laughs> it was like, and you'll also visit the set of survivor. <laughs> Do you think maybe that's why Rob said like it was his dream. He's like, well, I actually want to be on survivor. I didn't mean I just wanted to go to Fiji like casually, but you should. I mean, it's incredibly beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just wild that they are going to Fiji where Survivor ends up being filmed. And I don't know, like, I don't think that there is any sort of like corporate synergy here. I know Survivor has like a very close working relationship with the Fijian government and everything uh, like the, you know, Air Fiji. But it didn't seem like that. It just seemed like more coincidence than anything. I mean, it's a it's it's more the travel company. I'm pretty sure that mm -hmm. like someone at Expedia is like sitting there, like putting together these purported packages that you can use your Expedia bucks to, is, to spend. Is there a camera on them? Is they're like, wow, this is great to program this for all of our amazing race people. Like we got at the beginning of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it ends up actually not meaning anything. <laughs> I, yeah. I am pretty sure they, they all stayed in the same hotel and went on the same flight. Yeah, they did. Uh, oh, we have to use our, and I want to make sure I get the, it, it's, it's Expedia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can, use the, yeah, we can use the app and like Joel and Garrett were like, make sure book the most expensive room if Expedia is yeah, paying. They, were, they really, Kevin McAllister did it for a hot second of like, yes, order thousands of dollars in room service. I, I'm pretty sure that they all they they checked in at the mat and they're like, okay, where do I? I yeah, we're gonna go to the Ritz Carlton now. And Phil's like, no, we booked you into the Motel Six Dublin, and you know your ride's right over there. I will say, as someone who uh, has participated a number of times, I will say in some uh, native Fijian dance ceremonies, I hope that Corey gets the opportunity to do it as well, considering how good he was at River Dance. Mike, you can't just drop that and not expand. As someone I, I who will listen. There will be a time in maybe, in maybe a few months. Native Fijian dance ceremonies. Well, Josh, Josh Wiggler has posted photos in the past, but I think in a couple months there might be some uh, new content I can put out there. I'll just say uh, kava is a hell of a drink. I'll just put it okay. there. <laughs> we are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. 
Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Let's talk about these teams that are left here, our final three teams that are going to be heading into the finale and do a little bit of a finale preview, because I think that we can make a case for each of these teams, why that they are a great story and why they could be the winners of the Amazing Race. Uh, Just should we start with Rob and Corey who get their first first place finish of the season? Well, I think they're heating up. They got their first place finish. They're really excited. I think Corey's line about every single day has been my favorite day so far. I think that's kind of leading up to James Joyce quote. No, they didn't say James Joyce Ulysses at the end. No, no, they said, you know, we just said Corey after it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corey, the amazing race. Yeah, I I mean, like their story is incredible. I mean, we saw this with Luke before, but obviously like their relationship has been such a positive force. I loved like their chat at the mat and the fact that like Phil also doesn't know sign language help because like they're able to just have their own private conversation in front of others of just like you have meant so much to me every day with you here has been a gift. And yeah. so like it would be honestly the best story if they had won. Uh, You know, it's been a a while since we've had a parent child team win the race. Uh, And I think that, you know, they obviously given Rob's disability and everything that that we talked about, it'd be incredible representation as well. Well, we had two really uh, nice parent child teams here in this amazing race. We had, uh, you know, a father and a son and a father and a daughter here uh, making it very far. And that's really like nice to see. Uh, and we'll, with all due respect to uh, Elizabeth and Elena from earlier this season, who were another uh, parent and child team. But yeah, this is a, a pretty, I think, rarefied air to have two of these teams uh, make it to the final four and be such uh, efficient racers. Yeah, it's it's exciting to see. I mean, I think maybe not since Dave and Connor have we seen a dominant parent-child team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rob yeah. isn't talking about his age at all. Not at all. <laughs> see, yeah. I think like pros in their column is that I think they are one of the most consistent teams in the race. The lowest they've ever finished was sixth, and that was like their kind of disaster like in India where Corey, again, just like biffed it on the... um on the dancing. But outside of that, I mean, like Jess said, sometimes we saw this with Brooke and Scott in 29. Like if you're heating up at the right time, that's great. And I think if you can throw really any task in front of them, I don't see Rob and Corey having a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they've been just a really super consistent team. Uh, they never finished lower than sixth place, uh, which they did back on uh, leg five when there were 10 teams. And other than that, they've been like, uh, you know, a bunch of second place finishes, a few third place finishes. Uh, and now here they are in pole position to ultimately be the winners of the amazing race. It would be a great story for sure. Uh, Rob and Corey. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've laid the groundwork for this to be the story. Mm-hmm. I can believe it. It's um, it feels like it feels like they're putting enough. They're planting enough seeds there that we could we could believe it if they won and we wouldn't feel like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, it's such a great story that it's also hard to like they they still have to tell this story, even if they're not the winners. So yeah. it, could, it, it, it could may well be that they come in second and come in third. And it's just such a great story. And that's why we've seen so much yeah. of it. All. And then, you know, we have Joel and Garrett, on the other hand, where we're seeing a lot of their story of their families and their bond that the show wouldn't necessarily have to show us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's very true. Yeah, that it's like a lot of off race content uh you know we got obviously this episode garrett being like this is what i want to do with the buddy which in my opinion was like oh bye bye joel and garrett like mm-hmm. this is uh the personal story bump but yeah i i think also now jess has been great with breaking down the amazing race edit all the way back with like joey and kelsey but like amazing race also infamously is kind of a show that like doesn't necessarily do it at least not in the way that survivor does considering that again it all comes down to just one final leg and it can all be completely upended. We've seen certainly teams be very surprising, 
in their win. So I would say that like Rob and Corey winning would be the best story. But to your point, Rob, I don't think it automatically means they're in pole position to win just based on narrative. Right. Okay. So then let's talk about then um, Joel and Garrett, since we already mentioned them and they have really like uh, come into their own uh, that they were more towards the back of the pack earlier on. And they have a few ninth place finishes this season, but over the last couple of weeks, uh, a second first last week, uh, a third place finish this week, but I guess that's not that's not that great. Three out of three, but they're, they're right there. They've been sort of like the fun, wacky team this season. And Jess, look, uh, they're in this thing. They're they're contenders for sure. I I think this would be the biggest surprise. I think this would be the most interesting win. And of course, you know, to Mike's point, we really are trying to plant a narrative on top of a self-contained series of tasks. Like there's no cumulative score here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be down to like whoever gets to the bungee jump first mm-hmm. and does the bungee jump and then is in first place for the entire rest of the leg because Amazing Race final legs are boring. <laughs> um, but it could be these two. The one thing I think maybe pointing at it not being these two is we did get a lot of content from them this leg where they were looking back on their entire experience holistically and flashing back to, you know, we thought we were out so many times and we weren't out. And it feels to me like that could just be a, like, you didn't think you'd make it this far. You made it this far and making it this far is the prize you get. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't think we'd make it to the final leg. Even doing that again, uh, Rob, to quote one of your favorite tro- quotes, we feel the true winners, even though we didn't actually win in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, th- they've had a good run. They've got some tr- they got some trips. They got some bro time. Uh, so Joel and Garrett, I think, are certainly uh, fan favorites for this season of The Amazing Race. But then we have Greg and John. And their story has been one of just dominance. Uh, They have the most first place finishes. Um, They end up four in a row coming in uh, from like six through nine with four first place finishes and then two second place finishes. So they are right there. They are the machines as Joel and Garrett have referred to them. And it should be no surprise if they're the winners of the amazing race. Oh, yeah. I mean, be a surprise. No. I mean, even like further that scope, Rob, that you were talking about, they have not finished lower than second place since week four, Mm -hmm. since Vietnam. Every single leg of the 11 after that was like second, first, 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 second, second. That is incredible. It seems like even when they struggle at tasks, they find some sort of aptitude to get them ahead. In this episode, when they fell into last place for the first time in a long time, getting lost on the way to Riverdance, John gets through it. So I think these guys just always find a way to do incredibly well. They're they're the, definitely the most athletic left as well. And again, talking about this this stuff with Derek X last, last season, like if the final leg turns out to be, hey, run around a city the entire day and do a bunch of stuff, yeah. my money would be on Greg and John. Well, they're just so good at everything. I mean, it would be very hard to like come up with something that's going to be a not in their strengths. Like uh, we've seen them be so accomplished across so many different tasks. I mean, they are they're smart. They can dance. They can play music. They're strong. They're athletic. Yeah, I mean, the only thing as Where's I think the whole. Well, I think the whole I think we've talked about this actually over the past few weeks is like Sometimes that doesn't matter. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the team that they nearly tied in a record for straight victories in Justin and Diana, who would have been the odds on favorite going into that final leg. And they just like biffed it at the Adirondack chairs, Adirondack chairs. And then mm-hmm. Joey and Kelsey won. Like, that's what it comes down to is there's a reason why the team say it doesn't matter how many legs you win. All that counts is the final one that you just have to be in the right time, in the right place, in the right mindset, in the right task. And you're a million dollars richer. And again, I think. Greg and John have the skill set that would have me believe that they would excel at any of these tasks above Robin Corey and Joel and Garrett. At the same time, who knows? They might have something like the season 30 memory task with just like an absolute brain melter where they're not able to debug things and they fall apart and it costs them the race. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
We'll find out on Wednesday night which of these three teams is going to be the winner. You know, we didn't really give a, a proper look back at Steve and Anna Lee. We talked to, well, we all talked to them yesterday about their experience, but I just thought that they were such a fun team on this amazing race and uh, that, you know, that their d- dynamic was tested at times throughout this season. But Anna Lee just uh, if there was like an MVP of the race, like a person that was just like uh, the the most valuable player for their team, I think it's certainly Anna Lee. Yeah, I mean, CBS is really missing an opportunity if they haven't already talked to her about the challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I adore them so much. As I mentioned before, like this is the dynamic I want brought to the amazing race. I felt this a bit with Todd and Ashley as well, and definitely Joe and Ian of like, okay, your relationship is actually not going to fall apart, but like there's fun sort of bickering back and forth about it. Now, look, things got very heated in Germany when they were driving through some like very tense words were exchanged. But I think also talking with them, they definitely were clarifying a bit of some editing stuff, you know, uh, specifically the come on dads of it all. uh, I don't know if they talked about it with you, but of course they explained that there's a rule in the amazing race, an unspoken rule that you always have to be within five feet of your partner, unless it is a roadblock. And what Annalise said was that like every time she said, come on, dad, it's because there were camera guys and sound guys also saying like, yeah, come on, dad. And they were consistently like having to pull Annalise back of like, don't go too far. They and call so, Steve dad. Yeah. They were, they were trying to, you know, <laughs> Annalise's mother and he's dad. Uh, and actually, you know what? That's the secret. They're all Nepo babies. They hired their entire family as their crew. Steve's father. Yes. But I feel I like think, they would have done a little better on the race if that was the case. Well, that just shows to show again, it's all about talent. The Nepo babies can only get you so far. Uh, but I think like I, I do think they were definitely edited for a certain purpose. I think they were certainly edited along with Robin and Chelsea to be like some of the big villains of the season. And I'm glad they were able to. On the one hand, I'm glad they were able to use this this exit press to like clarify some stuff about like how there would be moments where they'd make up that obviously weren't shown. And obviously I don't necessarily condone like any immense amount of vitriol or hate that has been sent their way to the point of death threats, as Steve alluded to in my interview with him. Um, But at the same time, like I love this conflict. I love this dynamic. I mean, and it goes without saying like, if you're, if don't we're anti any death threat, but if you're sending death threats about the amazing race, touch grass, okay? <laughs> For real. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. Like Stephen Annalee, I I don't even know how they were the villains. <laughs> like what are you, what what is your problem? Like okay, they got they look, they got some they were they were fighting a little bit. Who cares, you know? Yeah. She yelled she yelled at her dad to get him to run. But again, he was someone that like came into these interviews being like, yeah, I needed that. Yeah. I wish I could have ran. I have fought with my family way worse on road trips that were not for a million dollars. OK, do not be filming me when I'm out with my family. OK. And I also say like Annalie herself was a mess and I love it. Like mm-hmm. she catastrophized. They would make like a, they would go to the bathroom and she'd be like, that's it. We're done. End of the world. It's happening. <laughs> bye bye. Million dollars. And like, I can understand again on the one hand how like that would just, I mean, I talked about it, I think in the first Slovenia thing, like it really turned Mm -hmm. me off, but I also understand it. And also it brought some like great television. This is perhaps the most competitive person on this season was Anna Lee. And so again, having that dynamic come out to the point that she is just urging her dad along at every single instance, despite him like dragging his carcass as much as he can around the streets of Ireland. I thought it was a really fun dynamic. Okay. Anything else about this penultimate leg of the amazing race before we get ready to watch the finale on Wednesday? That was good stuff. Yeah. Jess, any overall uh, takes on the season? I mean, I think the season has exceeded expectations. Okay. I would say like some of those legs in the middle were as good as the race ever gets. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed these getting to know these teams. I think we've had a good variety of tasks. We've been to a lot of interesting places. Um, and I think I'd put it top half for sure. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about, I believe, just correct me if I'm wrong, is this an Amazing Race US first, a final three of all men? I think it is, an, it is a first for Amazing Race US. It's Finally. not globally. Finally. Yeah. 
I know the men are finally getting their representation, right? Woo! Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, us. not yeah. not great from, like, a pure, you know, uh, objective perspective. And certainly brings to mind some things about, like, okay, how was this cast balanced? You know, was this, uh, were there things that, like, were disadvantageous to women? That being said, I think it's a lot better than it was back in the day when they would, like, only cast young cute girls as eye candy mm. who don't necessarily would ever be competitors for the actual thing and but here are these big frat jock bros that are almost always going to do well i think things are a yeah. little more balanced but it was a little sad to use like andrea and Milena, and then robin and chelsea and then todd and ashley and then steven and Lee, just like losing all the women back to back to back yeah i mean greg and john are literally brothers but we don't really have like the fratty bros uh as a team even uh i mean uh liam and, and jeremy who were uh super nice guys uh they were not the greatest racers yeah there's not a team that like i think even as recently as like bates and anthony we looked at them and were like that's a team that's going to be contenders to win it because mm -hmm. they're you know, they're competitive and they're big guys and the show has done a lot to mitigate, like not just like casting teams that are more that don't fit into a mold per se, but also I think the variety of tasks has been much better in terms of much more balanced than in previous years. OK. All right. So we will leave it there and come back Wednesday uh, with our finale recap. Until then, uh, Jess, what else are you working on? Um, I'm not really working on a whole lot else right now. We're just winding down. I'm going to enjoy the holidays. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I love that for you. Um, would love to do the same. Um, Mike, <laughs> what's coming up for you? Well, yeah, I'm still, you know, physically and mentally recovering from our trip to New Orleans. Thank you to everyone who came out. And obviously, like the very kind words we had throughout an absolutely incredible time mm -hmm. in the Big Easy. Of course, uh, Rob, you and I both spoke with the most recently eliminated Survivor contestant, yes. uh, which, you know, made it a very fun occasion, but one that called for a lot of alcohol in their elimination. Uh, but over the weekend, I'll be doing the B&B &B again with uh, Ira Madison III, which should be very fun. And then next week we're going to get back to it all again check out my interview with steve and annalee i totally agree i think it's with no offense to the other teams one of my favorite interviews that i did this season they were just a lot of fun obviously shed a lot of light on you know their dynamic what happened in ireland there was apparently like they felt there was a, a parking mishap that happened that they felt actually contributed to their elimination above getting lost. Uh, and then they talked yeah, about Steve did say something in the episode like uh, that curb keeps sneaking up on you. <laughs> <laughs> there was apparently something where uh, when they were leaving Riverdance, they went out the wrong entrance to the parking garage. Like there was a marked entrance. And so they realized that and they said, oh, let's go back because we don't want to get a penalty if we go out the wrong entrance. And apparently that cost them like 45 minutes between mm -hmm. roadblocks. So for all we know, that parking garage could have screwed them over. But they also, you know, reacted to their edit, shed some light, as we talked about, on some stuff that we didn't see. So really fun discussion with a really fun team. And before we know, we'll all be talking with the final three as well. Jam packed Thursday next week. OK, coming up next week. And then we will have here on Robin's podcast, of course, uh, Shannon Gus uh, talked with Omer Zahir after the episode. And then on Thursday, we posted our our episode that we did in New Orleans. Uh, it was a wild time. And so I've seen some nice feedback about that. If you want to check out a very unhinged live show that we did in <laughs> New Orleans. And then here today on Friday, I'm going to catch up with Stephen Fishback for some Friday Survivor know-it-alls. It's a Fishback Friday here on RHAP. All right. So... Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back uh, with our finale recap next week. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.